last year, along with all the public speaking and all the YouTube videos that I was doing, I actually took over 250 sales calls for the agency myself. And at that point, I was like, it might be, might be working out a little bit too much here. And so because it was painful, that's when I brought on my account managers to do the sales calls for me. And actually, honestly, it was one of the best things I ever did, but I only thought of that idea of having my account managers do the sales calls instead of hiring like a salesman or whatever. Mm -hmm. I only thought of that idea because it was hurting and because I was like, right, I need the fastest, fastest thing I can do. Yeah, it's one of the best decisions of last year. In today's episode, I'm going to sit down and talk to Julian Cody, who had built his link building business to a seven-figure agency and quit his nine-to-five job as a digital marketer. We're going to talk about his journey as an entrepreneur and also his mindset and skill stacking methods to that we can practically apply in our our career or in our lives. Julian had built his audience from zero to more than 60,000 subscribers to YouTube. Moreover, he also doubled his agency revenue over the last year using his YouTube channel alone. This is also a proof that you don't have to get to millions or hundreds of thousands of subscribers to double your agencies or businesses revenue. You just have to target the, your audience the right way and attract them and nurture them so that they trust you and they can buy from you. And Julian will share with us how he had gone through different international conferences as a conference speaker and how his personal brand has been growing over the last year. So with that being said, let's start the episode. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because again, I've seen your growth on YouTube from going a few hundred to like over 60,000. And I've seen you uh, giving speeches at conferences in Manila, and I'm very looking forward to have you at the SEO Mastery Summit. I think you had a very busy year in 2023. Could you like walk us through how it felt? It was mental. It felt like chaos. It was great. Loved every minute of it, but it was really, really crazy. I mean, like, yeah, for example, traveling all over the world to do these speeches, for example, Romania, Portugal, spoken uh, in in, the Philippines, sorry. Yeah. And then doing a video every single day, I think I published about at least 350 videos last year. So that was crazy. And then doubled the revenue of our agency's business in in the space of 12 months. So it was an absolutely insane year, but a great year. Loved it. Well, congratulations. I'm super, super happy for your growth. And I'm pretty sure that this is just the beginning. Like, uh, like the personal brand you have built on, on YouTube, online is like massive. Everybody in Chiang Mai, like, you know, I walk and I meet some SEOs and like, oh, you know, Julian Gold's channel is doing so well and he's doing it so well. And like, it's just great to hear when people are talking about someone that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know him. He's cool. He's super <laughs> hardworking. Yeah. And uh, personally, I watch your early videos and, as well. And one of the stories you shared, like how you went from, uh, I think you were fired from a job and then you got into link building and then you built an agency. But could you like tell us your story, how you started and got into like a seven figure level and now double that? Yeah, sure. So I actually used to have just a nine to five average job as a marketing manager. And I was doing that for about five years. No, probably four years from the age of 20 to 24. And then I, there was a big, when I was living in England, there's a big drinking culture, right? So you're working crazy hours, you binge drinking at the weekend, that's totally normal. But there was one weekend, I remember where I just woke up and I had like the worst hangover imaginable. In fact, it lasted six months and I, I couldn't really do anything for six months. I was, I was totally burned out. It was really weird. Uh... And after that, I was like, right, I probably need to change a few things here. So 
I stopped drinking. That led me to a lot more time on the weekends to start working on my side hustle. And I remember going to, out to Thailand with a few of my best mates after that. So, you know, probably about a year after all this happened. And I had such a great time. Me and my mates, we, we had an amazing time in Thailand. But when we got back to UK, we had the holiday blues massively. You know, a combination of UK food, UK weather, pretty bad. Fish and chips, national dish, gets boring pretty quickly. And I didn't really enjoy my job either, you know, because I couldn't really see where I was going in terms of if I look at the people ahead of me over the next 20 or 30 years, I don't want to be like them. You know, like I feel like there's so much more to life. And so that's when all three of us, we went to Thailand, set Pat to me and my best mates in Manchester. And we said, right, within one year, we want to be back out in Thailand with our own businesses online and the freedom to live and travel anywhere in the world. And, and it actually came true for all of us. So that's really how I got into marketing. And without going off on a crazy, crazy long story, I used to be a sales copywriter, but none of the content I was creating was ranking. So that's when I got into SEO, started meeting a few people in Chiang Mai. Obviously, you know, it's, it's one of the best communities in the world for SEO. And uh, a few people taught me how to do link building. Just went from there, one step forward at a time. I see. So you had to like let go of your marketing job to that to that go to come to Chiang Mai and then learn link building and sales copywriting, right? Yeah, exactly. So actually, what happened was I was working on Fiverr.com whilst I was supposed to be working on my nine to five job because I was working from home. I could kind of get away with it, which was a little bit cheeky, it was a little bit naughty. But at the same time, I just wanted to do anything I could to, to set up an online business. And so I started working more time on my on my five-a-side hustle, the actual marketing job towards the last few months. And actually, I realized I made the right decision because when I handed in my notice, two weeks later, they made everyone in the marketing team, and that would have been me included, redundant. So they got rid of everyone in the marketing team anyway. And I was like, well, thank goodness I set up my own side up. So otherwise, I would have been totally screwed. And wow. Yeah, so I, I was working really and making sure that I had an income before I quit my job. As soon as I was making like $400, $500, I was like, right, I'm out of here. I'm going to Thailand. I'll happily live on pot noodles as long as I have freedom. And that's basically what happened. That's amazing. And how long did it take you to build your link building agency, which is now uh, Julian Agency? Goldie Agency, right? Goldie Agency. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that probably took about, I mean, I've been doing that for five or six years now. I started off just as a freelancer. And I was doing everything myself. So I had about 20 clients on board. That was the maximum that I could get up to by doing everything myself. And at that point, I was working like a madman, like to the point where I actually, I trapped a nerve like from my, from my fingers down to my foot because I was just on my office, like typing uh -huh. away all day. You know, obviously you get repetitive strain injury and all that sort of stuff. So at that point I was like, right, I'm literally forced to, I can't work all day anymore. I'm literally forced to hire people. And that's when I started building the agency and getting some virtual assistance in, learning how to hire, which is, you know, learning how to hire is a totally different ball game that I wasn't used to. And yeah, it just all went from there. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a very humble story, but you tell like you were working basically on 20 clients by yourself and then started to hire, which then kind of puts another layer of stress for a short period of time. Cause not only do you fulfill for 20 clients, but you also have to deal with like training new people, which I don't know if most of our listeners have gone through that phase yet, but it's kind of painful. It's kind of hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so actually, since then, I actually have a personal rule, which is I'll only hire when it hurts because that's when I tend to hire the best people who are the most profitable as well. So, for example, last year, along with all the public speaking and all the YouTube videos I was doing, I actually took over 250 sales calls for the agency myself. And at that point, I was like, it might be, might be working out a little bit too much here. And so, because it was painful, that's when I brought on my account managers to do the sales calls for me. And actually, honestly, it was one of the best things I ever did. But I only thought of that idea of having my account managers do the sales calls instead of hiring like a salesman or whatever. Mm -hmm. I only thought of that idea because it was hurting and because I was like, right, I need the fastest, fastest thing I can do. Yeah, it was one of the best decisions of last year. I also look at you like someone who is extremely disciplined because, well, if you guys don't follow Julian, then maybe you should follow him on Instagram and then see how productive he is, not only at work, but also for his physical health. And uh, Mike Mac's question is like quite twisted, but like, who are your professional heroes? So there's two people that I really follow and study. I would say number one is Sam Ovens. And he doesn't actually create a lot of content anymore, but Sam Ovens, he previous owner of consulting.com. A lot of the values, I would say, and a lot of the productivity systems and even my mindset and work ethic is all based around the stuff that he used to teach. So I would say that's one of them. And actually, when I look at my YouTube channel, it really took off when I joined the WeTube Mastermind community, which is part of Sam Muffin's group. So he's one of the guys that I follow a lot. He's not massively into physical health. I'll tell you that for free, but he's very disciplined. And the other guy that I, I really study a lot is Alex Hormozzi. And in fact, mm -hmm. if you look at a lot of my content, it follows the same framework as Alex Homozi. So I learned a lot of his values, really. You know, he's in great shape as well as he obviously. Hi, thank you so much for listening this far into the episode. If you want to meet Julian in person and ask him questions about ChatGPT or SEO or link building or how to become a successful entrepreneur, join the SEO Mastery Summit from April 7 to 11, where you can network and hang out with 400 other SEOs and digital entrepreneurs just like you in the center of Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Tickets are selling already and we are increasing prices every two weeks. So grab your tickets today and let's get back to the episode. I see, I see. And uh, I think uh, so far, if you can separate the two of them, is that like you follow Sam for one thing and then you follow, follow Alex for another thing? Or is that they kind of have the same values and they motivate you the same way? Good question. I think I sort of merged both of their paradigms. So mm. I sort of studied the way that they both see the world in terms of their values, the mindset, how they make decisions, etc. And I kind of merged both of them together. So for example, if you look at Alex Hormozzi, a lot of what he talks about is just doing what's required. So like, and, and I get YouTube comments all the time where it's like, this sounds hard or you're going too fast or I can't implement everything you say. And it's like, you've got two choices really. You can do your best or you can do what's required. And, you know, and that might be working a crazy amount of time or it might be putting in really hard. I don't know why it keeps giving the thumbs up, but just just doing what's required to get the job done. And I think that's something that I do. I try and win at all costs, really, when it comes to YouTube content. Even over Christmas, I didn't miss a day when it came to publishing videos and, and it pays off. Like five days ago, I had my best performing video ever. Got like 180,000 views. So, yeah, that, that mentality is what I learned from Alice Homozi. And then... With Sam Ovens, particularly last year, when I really needed to buckle down and focus, I'll be honest, like my whole lifestyle was very messy. So like I wasn't just doing the gym, I wasn't just in business, but I also had music going music. on in the background. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was writing songs, getting them recorded, performing them weekly. And one of the biggest things that I learned about, well, learned from Sam Ovens was really his mindset on essentialism and focus. And like, you know, you can do a million things 
and only move one inch in each direction. Or you can focus on one thing, for example, business, and go really far in one direction and master it. And that's really what I took from him. Thank you for your answer, because then brings me to the next question. Like, how did you... Uh, come up or make peace with the number one focus for yourself because you are very talented and skilled and obviously like the opportunities are way bigger yeah. I guess Be yeah because you you are capable to do many things and how did you decide to you know it's going to be YouTube and it's going to be ChatGPT content only <laughs> like yeah. how, how is that why so one of the first things I did last January was and this is something I actually took from Matt Diggity was that I recorded and wrote down every single task that I worked on, how many minutes I spent on that task, and then how much money that actually brought me back. And when I looked at two weeks of doing that, I realized, right, 90% of what I'm doing is just a total waste of time. Like I'm messing around with all these things that, that don't bring me any return, that don't bring me any profit. And instead, if I just focused on these 1% of tasks that are bringing in a direct ROI, I just keep rinsing and repeating those over and over and over again, all day, every day, then the business is going to grow. And mm -hmm. so it was quite easy once I saw it on paper in terms of, okay, these tasks make me money. These ones don't. So I'll stop doing the tasks that don't make me money and start doing the tasks more of what do you make. And then this year, what I actually did was what, what I found was like you say, you get more and more opportunities. So for example, as my brand grows and as my audience grows on YouTube, for example, I get more and more opportunities all the time. Like for example, public speaking two years ago, I couldn't even get down on my knees and, and speak, you know, and ask to speak at one of these like gigs, like it was very, very difficult to land a public speaking gig because no one knew me. I totally understand. But now I get offered speaking gigs all the time. And so what I made a list of at the start of this year was a list of kind of like red dress opportunities to avoid, you know, like the matrix and the woman in the red dress, yeah. and it's kind of like a distraction. And then before he knows it, someone has a gun to his head. So I tried to make a list of all the red dress opportunities to avoid so that I can have absolute focus on the few things that are actually going to help. Obviously your event being one of them, the SEO mastery event, yes. is, you know, uh, one, of, uh, one of the high level things. Yeah. Super, super excited to have Julian on the stage because he is also a great public speaker. Um, and uh, with practical examples, what were the, like the red dress uh, examples for you that was kind of distraction? I can pull them up now if you want. I'll try and find them. Oh, you have a, have a list? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had to put them in a list. And actually, when I told my friend about this, he was like, yeah, I've got to do this too. All right. That's so a great practice. I hope the listeners can like do the same thing, like kind of write down what are the, all the tasks that you do and then select the ones that are not having direct ROI on your life or your revenue and just put them in a box like, hey, this is a red dress. Yeah, Wait. I think the, the better you are at saying no to these things that don't help you, but seem fun and seem exciting, the more success and the more focus you have, right? So for example, for me, one of them was launching a TikTok for my personal life, which I already have. I already have like 26,000 people following me, but it was like, I could probably take that to 100,000 or a million if I wanted to, but how is that gonna help me? Like apart from getting more attention. And so that was one of the things I put on the list. Another one was performing live music every week, which is, is sad because I love playing music, I love performing, I love being in the spotlight, honestly. But at the same time, if I have a choice between growing my agency and doubling the revenue again this year versus performing live in a pub in Bangkok every week, which one am I going to take? I'm going to take yeah. one, of course. Yeah. And also, I mean, one of them was a bodybuilding competition. So one of my mates last year, he competed naturally, similar shape to me, but probably a little bit bigger. And he was like, you should try doing the bodybuilding competition, man. And I'm very, very tempted because it'd be a fun experience. I'm not a bodybuilder at all. Like I just like to go to the gym and lift weights, but it would be fun, but it'd probably take about two or three months worth of my mental energy, you know, in terms oh, of- Oh yeah, at least. It's a, it's a tough, it's a very tough thing. Yeah. I heard. 
yeah, I, I had to put it on the list. So yeah, stuff like that. Uh, for business, it was building a YouTube shorts army. So one thing that I was very tempted to do was get like a hundred different YouTube shorts creators on you and they can all set up their own YouTube channels with my content, publish it and have a competition between them to see who can get the most views. And by doing that, it would help grow my brand massively. But at the same time, how many clients do I get from YouTube shorts and what's the ROI from that? It's not very high. So again, it seems really fun and exciting, but is it going to help me? I love, uh, thank you so much for sharing this with us because I think many people would give in to temptation, but they wouldn't even know there is a temptation and the way you have describe it in a very logical way like how is it a, a yeah hell yes or like a hell no like it's a it's a very practical way to kind of implement in our life so uh, really it's a very really great tip and the next question is well you are a very successful marketer and also a very successful business owner and also one of the tips i got from alex hormozzi is skill stacking and for the audience who listens to this who are like aspiring cmos or want to get out of a nine to five what are the important skills i'm not putting a number with it with it because i would like you to kind of like collect the most important skills to stack onto each other to kind of get into a level of success where you are that's a really good question i mean when i was first starting i think it was just about hard work and just hustling your way towards getting that first 400 or 500 or a thousand dollars per month and and that just comes with pure hard work and iteration so it's like okay i'm gonna work eight or 16 hours a day to make this work because this is the one thing that i want right now it doesn't have to be forever it can just be for like 90 days and then you, you keep iterating so you see right this works this doesn't work this fiber gig is selling i'm gonna shut down this gig because it's too difficult to deliver etc and I think stage one is really about working extremely hard. Then once you've got an income of one or $2,000 a month, from my own personal experience, it's more about working smart, right? So hiring the right people, bringing the right team in, being very productive with your time, saying no to the right things and, and getting rid of the stuff that's slowing you down. So that's stage two, and just really learning how to work smart. Now that might include a few skills, including productivity, leadership, hiring, but these are some of the best skills you can ever learn. In fact, if you learn hiring and how to hire people now, it's something that will change the rest of your life. Even as someone who is not in a leadership position, you think like someone who is still, I don't know, doing a, a nine to five job in an office, like is that beneficial for them to learn how to hire? So I would say that if you're still in a nine to five job, then you're probably still in stage one, which is just working hard to make sure mm. you can get into that position of, of being able to hire people. And then the final stage, will be more about like working courageously. So once you can do the hard things, once you can do the smart things, finally you want to start working courageously and doing the courageous things that most people never elevate themselves to do because this is way outside all of our comfort zones, right? So for example, publishing YouTube videos, like, you know, when you hit that publish button, you don't know what people are going to say. You don't know what comments you're going to get. You don't know if it's going to be a 10 out of 10 performing YouTube video or a one out of 10, right? And there's all these different thoughts that are actually just in your head and it requires you to overcome that fear. It's the same with public speaking. You know, you're like, okay, I know this guy at the back of the room and I really hope he likes his speech because he's someone I respect, something like that. And also just putting yourself out there and, and even on interviews like this, there's some people probably who you've asked if they want to do an interview, they don't feel like they have enough value to give sometimes, right? We all kind of get imposter syndrome. So this is the final stage, which is acting courageously. So work hard, get to the point where you can hire, then work smart in terms of hiring and being productive with your time. And then the final stage is working courageously. I like that. The courageous part is, is something I did not expect. I thought that it would come with the work smart because uh, in order to get more exposure or something, we have to do the courageous 
things, but you really put that really well because now I'm doing this podcast, right? And I want to have a guest on my show. And I realized that during the outreach process, actually, I have some return rates where like, I kind of want to be on, but actually when it times to time to actually, you know, book the Calendly, they don't book it. And I, I don't want to pressure them, but I can see that how imposter syndrome can stop people from even a small podcast like this one, right? And and it's a, it is a courageous thing, again, like to put yourself out there and, and do the thing that is not, I guess, common. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. It's, it requires just overcoming your own fears that we all have as humans, right? Like when we're all cavemen in tribes or cave women in tribes, like we would have to act in accordance of the tribe and not put yourself out there too much unless you were like the tribe leader to be mm -hmm. safe and to be protective in protected in that tribe. Whereas today, if you do put yourself out there, you put yourself in the spotlight, you do YouTube videos or public speaking or whatever it is, all of a sudden actually that brings you a lot more in terms of more success, more money, more fame more wealth, more power. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess like these three skills that you have described is also very important to all aspects of either business or career or even, um, I don't know, other relationships, I think, like to, to follow these stages and not just like strictly for marketers. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a really good overarching kind of stacking. Yeah. So now let's talk about um, your journey on YouTube because it's very tutorial based, but at the same time, it brings you a lot of very strong personal brand because, you know, they recognize you, but at, at the same time, when I look at the videos and if you guys look at his videos, it's mostly a screen share. Like it's just you showing your screen and uh, could you like explain to us your strategy behind it, why you did it and like what was the outcome? Um, how do you feel about it and stuff? Yeah, this is a great question. So with the YouTube videos, again, this came with that elimination of focus mindset. So for me previously, what I had was I had a team of script writers, a YouTube manager, marketing manager, editor, thumbnail creators, big team. You're talking like six people for a YouTube channel that used to get 200, 300 views per video. It's, it's way overpowered and very slow to maneuver. Like there's no way you can create a video every single day and you've got all those moving parts and all those different humans. I mean, someone's cat gets sick or someone breaks up with their boyfriend and that's game over. You miss a day, right? So yeah. when you have a big team, you realize this is really slow. This is slowing me down and I can't get the results that I want. I can't even iterate fast enough because I can't get feedback because I can't publish enough videos. And so one of the things that I did last year, particularly around March or April when ChatGPT was really kicking off, was I was like, right, I'm just gonna test this and see what happens because the worst case scenario, I just go from 200 views to 100 views, not a big deal. And what I essentially did was just cut out everything. Literally, I stopped using the editor, stopped using the thumbnail designer, sadly let go of the YouTube manager, sadly let go of the marketing manager, who great people I massively respect. But I was just like, we need to go leaner and faster. And so what I started doing was just publishing videos every single day where it was basically me training myself on how to do SEO with ChatGPT. And one of the things I think I'm, that works so well in those videos is it's a journey of exploration, right? Because I don't know where it's gonna go when I'm recording it, which means the audience definitely doesn't know where it's gonna go. And therefore, together we both go on this crazy journey of finding out, wow, this content ranks, or I can get a page ranking on the first page within six hours with ChatGPT. And we were just, I'm just running these crazy experiments every single day with AI. The number one are mind blowing. Number two, actually help people because these are step-by-step -step tutorials and you see exactly how I did them. And so by cutting it down to a really raw, authentic experience for the, uh, for the, for the person who's watching, we all learn together. And I think that creates a great community. Like for example, if you look at 
some of my YouTube posts on the community section. The amount of people that have said, you know, these videos have massively helped me. I think we get like a thousand comments on some of the YouTube community posts now. It's like everyone's kind of bonded in a little tribe of, of people doing AI and SEO. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, was that your also your intention with these experiments to boost your personal brand so that people know who Julian Cordier is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to to grow my personal brand. I didn't know that it could get this big. I think it's, and it's still not a massive channel, but for me, if someone had told me 12 months ago that you'd be at 60K subscribers, I would have laughed in their face. Like I wouldn't believe. So yeah, I did want to get more attention to my brand so that we could get more agency uh, clients in and also so that we could get more core sales and mastermind sales. I didn't expect it to grow this big and it seems to be continuing to grow. So massively ha happy with that. And today, how big is your community? Do you know? Across all my channels? Do you yeah. mean? It's a good question. So, Or maybe your email list. I don't know. Right? Maybe that's easier to track. Yeah, so email yes, list. I follow you from four accounts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Getting emails from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got forty. We've got thirty-seven k on the email list. Sixty-three k on YouTube. Forty-two k on Udemy. Twitter is about twelve k, and LinkedIn is about twelve k. So that's, that's yeah. really well done. Like, I hope everybody can see like how much like once you find out your focus and you put your hard work into it and your smart thinking than how much, how far you someone can go. Like it's super inspiring. One of the things that I found was like, it's a tipping point as well. So you really, everyone used to say on YouTube, you're just one video away from, from blowing up or getting a lot of traction. And I always used to think the same. And then I published a hundred videos. I was like, maybe it's not the case. Maybe I'm not one video away. And then I published like 300 videos and I'm like, oh, it's just never going to happen, but I'll keep going anyway. And then, you know, last year when we got to about the 400 video mark, 500 video mark, finally some of our videos started taking off and it just took 400 swings at the bat to get it right. <laughs> wow. That's a great statistic. Some YouTubers even say like, you know what? You just need to do like 50. So that means like every week you do one. Like that's like also when I'm doing my YouTube channel, right? Like I'm doing this, uh, doing these weekly videos. I'm like, man, I don't think this 50 benchmark is real. Like I, I don't, maybe it's just some fairy tale that people sell you on. And it's like a raw data you have. And it's, yeah, it's possible. And you, you keep working and working. I feel like many people after like maybe 200, they would just give up. But like I, one of the quote I read one day was like, the minute you think you should give up, that's when you should keep going. Yeah, that's such a good yeah. point. Definitely. I think when you feel like, oh, I'm so down, like, no, I keep, keep Yeah, pushing. that's when you keep going. Yeah, yeah, you have the Rocky montage and get through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found was that even when I was getting a few hundred views per video, it was 100% worth it because we would still get clients and we would still make six figures from the agency, right? So one link building client can bring in like 10 or 20K a year, for example, which means that even if you just get one client out of those 300 people who watch your video, that's totally fine. And so that was one of the things that really spurred me to keep going was the fact that it was already profitable. It was already making an ROI and therefore, you know, why would you stop? Even if you're only getting a few hundred views, that doesn't matter. What matters is how much money you're making from those videos. Actually, that does bring me to the next question though, because many creators focus on the top of the funnel, which is like getting the views, getting the subscribers, which you did get. But now that you mentioned that actually in the back end, I did make money on my agency, which kind of my next question is like, once somebody starts like a personal brand like this or any brand from scratch, right? Should they already think about their bottom of the funnel, like how they sell? I know you have a very good high level system. I hope you're going to drop a course on it. I would love to take it by the way. But anyway, back to the point, like I know you are really skilled at high level and how you do the whole 
funneling thing going on. But like, did you do you already had that? You had that set up already before the ChatGPT experiments, right? Yeah. So that was something I built out a couple of years ago when I was setting up YouTube ads for the agency. The ads didn't work out, but the high level system stuck. And actually, one of the things I thought at the time was like, why do I need a CRM? Like. We're not growing the email list that big, but looking back, setting up goal high level and then having an email funnel and then having the sales funnels built inside that were all like little skills and little stepping stones towards building a massive sort of ecosystem that converts random strangers into high paying agency clients. So mm. I think it's well worth setting these up a hundred percent makes a massive difference. I've got some videos on it on my agency channel, Julian Goldie agency. You have an agency channel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Let me just follow with all my four accounts right now. Wait, is that <laughs> Goldie Agency is that? Yeah, Julian Goldie Agency. And there's some videos there where I show how to set up, for example, an email opt-in and how to set up a sales page on Go High Level based on how I got some pages converted by 60%. So 60% of the people that landed on the page would opt in. Yeah, oh. would recommend checking those out. And Okay, I'm going to link that down in the show notes, guys, because like that's uh, literally marketing training for aspiring CMOs. Right. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. So Every this is like a step by step. Oh, I see the, the thumbnails are quite very similar to the one you, you have on your own personal channel. It's got channel. like Julian Goldie magic on it. Yeah. Man, how do you do these uh, AI generated images? I haven't experimented with them. Check it. I've got a video on YouTube about how to make the thumbnails as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so after this, I'm going to binge watch and then just ruin my productivity altogether. <laughs> Great. Um, so with uh, someone who may be starting out a brand or starting their company brand or personal brand, what type of funnel or product do you suggest them to build out? Or does that, yeah. Or should they, should they just like, you know, start with the views and then start thinking about the product later? So what I would do is before you create anything or post anything, if you have the patience, then figure out exactly how you're going to monetize first. And if you already do that, you're already in the top 10% of YouTubers, because like you say, most people focus on top of funnel. They don't think about how much money they're going to make. They just focus on how many views are they going to get. And so what I would try and figure out is how can I make this worthwhile, even if it gets a minimal, minimal amount of traction, right? So for example, if you got, I'm pretty sure for your agency, if you got five sales calls booked in, you would convert one of them into a client at least, right? And so all you need is one high paying client from your videos to make it all worth it, right? To make say five videos a month worth it. And so I'd think about that. And then in terms of setting up the funnel before you actually start, I would keep it as minimal as possible, which means literally just drop in a calendar link for people to book in a call and maybe it qualifies them before they can book in a call. So you don't waste your time and they don't waste their time. And inside your YouTube videos, you just link to that calendar link. And in every single video, you like, and by the way, guys, if you want a free, if you want a free strategy session on how to grow your business with marketing, book in a call below, right? Well, I'll guide you through step-by-step -step exactly how to improve your marketing. It'll take 10 minutes. You get a ton of value out of it. And then you convert those sales calls into sales, right? And so all you need is a calendar link, a few videos that target the right audience, very, very targeted. And that's basically all you need. And then what you're going to get is more sales calls. If you get more sales calls, you get more sales and to get more sales calls booked in, you just need more attention. That's it. Yeah. You need more attention from the right people. And so I would say that's your minimum viable funnel. And once you've got that, then you can build everything out step by step. Like for example, more complicated email funnels, more courses, maybe a coaching program, et cetera. But stage right. one, 
will be having your minimum viable funnel. That's something I learned from Sam Robbins as well. Thank you so much for breaking this down for all of us because yeah, that's that's like a high level strategy breakdown for dummies basically. Yeah, like, I mean, and yeah. it's it's simple stuff. It's hard to execute, it's hard to implement, but it's simple stuff. Simple to understand. I mean, like even for our agency, right? We've got over a hundred clients. Some of them pay like fifty thousand dollars a month. Right. Literally, the only real funnel that we have is a sales page to book in a call. Right. And every single video is like, hey, guys, if you found value from this video, either check out my free course or book in a free SEO strategy session. And all the strategy session pages is one page. That's it. There's nothing fancy to it. There's no fancy website, nothing complicated at all. And you can set that up in one day. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, with WordPress templates and all that, like it's not complicated to set up the sales page. It's more like having the mindset to do it in the first place. I know YouTubers that they have really great views, but at the end of the month, you know, um, they rely on AdSense, which is very, flu it's fluctuating. It's not, it's not something that you can control and uh, it's, yeah, it's super not reliable. Yeah. I mean, like, like, for example, if I compare how much time I need to invest to get a thousand dollar a month client versus how much time I need to invest to make a thousand dollars on ads, it's way higher leverage and more productive to get that client in. Exactly. Exactly. And more reliable too, for sure. Um, Right. And, but let's talk about your public speaking a little bit, because that's also uh, building your personal brand. What have you been, what have you learned over the year going through so many conferences? Is that something you would suggest to someone to do or, oh my God, it's like anxiety <laughs> everywhere. It's so much traveling, a lot of sickness. What is it? Like, what's your take on, on public speaking and conferences? So I think if you, if you want to be like the biggest authority in your industry, then public speaking is for you. Because it really puts you on another level and most people are not going to do it themselves. Because like you say, you can get nervous, you have to plan the content out, you have to rehearse, you have to travel. Sometimes you go to, I won't name which countries they are, but some countries you go to and the food is terrible. And so... Not Vietnam, everyone. Vietnam is great food, for sure. I love mm -hmm. it. But yeah, there, there are all these barriers to doing public speaking. But I wouldn't say that's step one. Like for me, if you want to get more sales in, and you want to get more clients and make more money, then you have to get more attention. And if you want to get more attention, a much faster way to do it is through YouTube, for example, through posting content and mastering one social media platform. You can far easily reach a million people doing that than you can by reaching a million people on public speak. That's a lot of speaking gigs that you'd have to do to reach 1 million people. And so- I But they're a lot more targeted though. So like when I see Matt going to uh, public speaking, like, well, sorry, uh, going to conferences, like people immediately connect with him. So the conversion to, with that interaction versus like a YouTube video, so much higher don't you think yeah yeah I, I see what you mean definitely it's just like if i look at where the percentage of my clients come from 99 percent of them don't come from public speaking okay yeah so yeah, I, that's a great thing to track as well but is public speaking beneficial absolutely i think as well it develops you right if you become a better public speaker then you become more presentable and you can articulate yourself better. And then if you do another YouTube video, well, all of a sudden you're going to present it in a much better way. So Amazing. there's many benefits to public speaking too. Amazing. Anyway, so thank you so much, Julian. Now we are, we are coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, I always have this one question and question is, if you could go back in time, what would your advice 
for your younger self? I would say stop drinking earlier. Okay. Like my, my productivity would have been 100x at the age of 18 or 19, which was minimal already. So if I'd stopped drinking earlier, I think that would have led to a lot more positive things in my life. And not that I had a problem, but I think it's just a case of like, right, do you want to spend your weekends hungover? Or do you want to be really productive and build something for the future? that is going to reward you every single day. So I think that's number one. Number two is just find people who support you because a lot of people that I had in my circle were really fun to hang out with, but were they really there supporting me and helping me elevate to another level? Absolutely not. I mean, when I was 18 or 19, I didn't know that you could really develop yourself. You know, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought like, you are who you are and that's it, you're set. You know, you're going to be the same person for the rest of your life. And so I didn't really realize that actually you could become more confident. If you want to do public speaking, you can. If you want to build a business, you absolutely can. My friends, when I was 18 and I was studying business at uni, used to take the mic and say like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that degree? And I had no ambitions to really set up my own business. So I think two things there. Number one, stop drinking. And actually, if you stop drinking, you're going to have different friends who probably are more likely to support and elevate you. And therefore, you're going to go in a more positive trajectory in life. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Julian. And if people would like to uh, find you, what's the best way to contact you? Through my website, juliangoldie.com. You can contact me directly through there. Very easy to get in touch. Amazing. All right. I'll link every resource, YouTube channel, YouTube video down in the show notes for you guys to learn. And thank you, Julian, so much for joining the show. And I'll see you in Saigon. Thanks so much. Looking forward to it.